all I can see was blue and red. It's just lighting up the sky. Welcome to Craft Conversations, where we craft a conversation with influential, interesting, and fun guests from around town, and we talk a little bit about craft beer. We are your hosts, Brian Davis. I'm Caleb Choir. Welcome to the podcast. This week, we welcome Mike Carcutt. He is head chef and owner at Gray Somerville. And on this week's episode, we talked food trucks, craft beer, culinary arts, and the fire that took Gray's down. It was a great way to start things off. Enjoy. Only so in depth I can tell you about a beer that either I like it and I'll voice my opinion on it, or I don't like it and I'll let you know. Well, that's good either way. Well, that's why I love going to home or homegrown because I love to talk shit to Caleb. It's like my favorite thing to do there. Everyone sits there with he's so pretentious about everything. That's right, Caleb. You know who I'm talking about. You. Oh, he's partner. definitely gonna listen. I ran out of there tonight like in a flash. The moment I was done cleaning that kitchen, I was like, bye. He's Good. Completely thrown it back. I'm like, I gotta go. We're talking to Mike tonight. I just ran out. You were working up there tonight? Yeah, I work in the kitchen up there. Yeah. I've never worked in a kitchen before <laughs> in my life, so it's been very interesting. He said something to me since I've been not working. Like, you want to pick up shit? Like, I don't know about swinging hot dogs. No, oh, man. Me. Yeah. I mean, everyone loves hot dogs. Yeah, but there's like sliders and barbecue and tacos and nachos. And... If I get anything there, I get a pretzel. Sorry. That's cool with me, man. That's easy for me to make. <laughs> yeah, and the pretzels are good now. I mean, they instead of just having that one style they have, they've got all these various flavors I and agree. stuff now. I mean, it's like that buffalo. You had it? Oh, the buffalo one is the I don't even think they have that anymore. Oh. I get the Parmesan one with the marinara. It must not have been that bad. But I think a lot of people just like a regular pretzel. I don't know, man. Everyone just keeps ordering a salted pretzel with beer cheese. So that's what I've been making a lot. I know Josh just went through and redid the, the menu. So I saw Josh's food truck up for sale today. Oh, wow. I and saw a post from him, but I didn't know what it was about. I didn't pay attention. I just saw his I truck. I know that he's been trying to... I, I think thought he was maybe getting back out on the road with it or something. I think he's trying to move on from it, actually. Hmm. All right, well. What can you do, man? Yeah, it's got to be a tough business, these food trucks. I mean... You know, if you've been in California, you know, they're everywhere. And it's so so regulated now where you can go. And then, I mean, we, we thought about getting a food truck a while ago. You think about how many hours you got to put in, how much food you actually got to sell to make any money. And it was like, it'd be a fun hobby, like on the side, but not as your main thing. I mean, it's it'd be tough. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know what, the, you know, some of these guys charge normal restaurant prices for the food, which is, you know, more power to them. A lot of the food is really, really good. Yeah, I mean, you know, the majority of them I've seen are eight, nine bucks, you know, standard, pretty even eight, nine, ten bucks a, a, a plate or whatever, mm-hmm. once you get a drink, a side, a, a sandwich, those type things. But I tell you, Vegas had a big scene um, as far as food trucks went. I mean, their food truck rodeos would be 30 freaking trucks. I mean, just huge. 30? Yeah. I mean, how do you even choose at that point? You don't. They had that thing at Common House when Common House first opens, yeah. and there was probably I'd say 20, 30 trucks I didn't even heard of around here. And I mean, there was so many that, like you said, I mean, you might have went through five trucks, picked something, and you're like, shit, they got this over here and this over here. They were serving these fucking drinks and whole pineapples. Right. Like Jesus, you can serve anything to anyone now. Like it's crazy. Well, that's good, isn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, it's great to have that. I mean, because it's the option. 
True. To get whatever you want. Well, there is that thing that say was, what is it? Past like three or four options is too much, and people <clears> get <throat> overwhelmed. Well, that's what's cool. I mean, if you have a food truck that's like chicken wings or something, which I'm surprised there's no chicken wing truck yet. Hey, there you go, somebody. That idea is up for sale. Yeah, I mean, people have chicken wings, obviously, but yeah, the whole truck. I mean, how easy would that be to just have like you can have fifty freaking different sauces? Yeah, oh my God. chicken wings. Just have three or four fryers and ooh, that's sauce it up. Simple concept. Yeah, ain't a thing but a chicken wing. That'd be a thing with truck. Oh, that's like a whole business plan all wrapped up together. <laughs> yeah, we got Josh's truck for sale. <laughs> right. That would be a good name, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty long, but it's catchy enough that I think it would work. You, I mean, like you could head to any sporting event and sell chicken wings all day long. Yeah. And it's keto, guys. Congratulations. Well, hang on the sauce. Yeah, keep the sugars up. Yeah. All right, whatever. You're going to get real specific about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what are we drinking tonight? Well, um, we got a few beers, actually. We got three. First off, we're here with... Uh, Mike Carcut. Do we say that correctly? Is it Carcut? Carcut. Pretend like it's C's but K's. Cool. Carcut. We were talking about the other night. I'm like, I've never actually called him by his name, so I don't know if I'm saying it correctly or not. It was Carcut. Well, you know how long it took for me to know which Dale's brother you were? Every time I go in, I'd have to be like, which one is that? Yeah, that Kevin. Right. Well, now I've gotten rid of the beer, so hopefully that helps a little bit. Kevin's got the big bushy beard. Bruce has kind of a salt and pepper beard. Yeah, that's easy. But yeah, 100% Polish. Yeah, insert joke here. Right. I always say that you got, if you're a purebred Polak, the, those jokes don't work. You have to be, you know, just have a little bit in there to make it funny. But yeah, <laughs> it's funny you don't really hear Polish jokes anymore. When I was growing up through the 80s and the 70s, even the 70s, when I was a young kid, I mean, I'm kind of old. I'm the oldest guy here, probably. But it was Polish jokes all the time. Well, you can't make joke any, jokes anymore without like offending someone. That's true. There's no such thing as a joke anymore. It's like, oh my God, what? You're racist. Yeah. I can't believe you say something like that. Right? Honestly, I don't even think I know any Polish jokes. I know um, like one, and it's, and it's so cheesy and it's funny, and it's how the uh, how the Polak break his arm rake and leaves. He fell out of the tree. Yeah. I was about to say that. Why is he in the tree? <laughs> well, he's breaking the leaves. He's, Polish. he's breaking the leaves in the tree. I don't get the joke. See, oh my goodness. You're too young too. I, I think so. I just turned 40, so I'm old now. Yeah. I am 28. 45. So I missed that by... And, yeah, uh, how long? My dad was a cop uh, in New York too. So every time he heard some kind of raunchy joke, he felt it necessary to tell me, even at an age that I probably was inappropriate. <laughs> so it's like, thanks, Dad. That's awesome. Wish I remembered more. Yeah. Well, like I said, we're talking uh, talking to Mike Carpet mm-hmm. from uh, Gray Somerville. Uh, we're going to get into um, basically how you got into that, how you became chef, you know, all this kind of, we want to talk about all the stuff that led up to you getting involved with Graves, and um, and then once you got there, stuff has transpired since then. Um, but as always, before we get started with that conversation, we want to, we want to open a beer. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Yeah. Mike has uh, been gracious enough to bring us a couple things that he picked up the other day, or a friend of his picked up, he was telling me earlier, for him, um, from <coughs> Charlestown Fermentory. Oh, he had a, a can nice. release the other day. Uh, buddy has went down, got his limit, and picked up a few things for him. So that's a good buddy to have. I know a few people that went down. I didn't get a chance to make it, but we're going to open. Uh, you brought two things, and then uh, we might have a third thing we're going to open up as well. Uh, surprise beer that we're going to test out. So awesome. I think we're going to start with the um, Double Dry Hop Sun Gazer. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to you? Ooh, excited. Right. <clears throat> so let me get the camera ready. 
Yeah. Bourbon choice, probably. I mean, I, I love a lot of the breweries here in Charleston. I think that the beer scene has, has exploded and it's awesome. But Charleston Fermentory, probably top of my list right now. Just about anything they make is, is, is delicious. I would probably say the same thing. They would be one of my tops. Their IPAs are top notch and best in the area to me. Right. Caleb just got off work, so we're still continuing to set up mm. stuff as we go. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to explain that. To I'm going to explain it. The viewers want to know what's happening over here. Technology, maybe. Oh, let's turn on the recording camera so we can see what we're drinking. Right. And it's actually focused, focused where it's supposed to be and not like three inches in front of it. All right. So what do we got? The Sungazer <clears throat> dry hopped. Um, the original version was not dry hopped, right? So mm -hmm. this is going to be a dry hopped version of it. Um, uh, let's see. Citra, Amarillo, and Columbus hops. Are there any more in here? That's it. That's all I see on the website. You want to do the honors? Uh, and full of juicy citra flavor. Best uh, New England IPAs I've ever had, somebody said earlier. Oh. I'll do the honors. So Fantastic. I'm get uh, Mike set up here first. Beautiful, beautiful. I don't, always, I don't know how to pour this thing properly for the camera angle because my hand gets all in the way. I can just go here. Mike is. Thank you, sir. I'll pour one from this angle. The new trendy style, the New England IPA, hazy. Right. Oh, it's my favorite. Just drinking the uh, Rinse and Repeat by Westbrook. <clears throat> the Galaxy. Is it East? Galaxy's a hop, yeah. They, their, their series, I guess they're going through all the different hops and making pretty much that same beer with a, a different hop, which is supposed to be like the main character in it. That's a delicious beer as well. Oh, yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah. Is that yours? I thought you wanted to sit there for a second. You good? You got all the angles you needed? Yeah, I mean, I got what I needed. Okay. So, cheers. I like cheers. Thank cheers. you, Mike, for being cheers. our first guest. Appreciate it. beer. That's the best part of it. That's going to be the best part of the job, I think, is people bringing beer. Oh, wow. Glorious. <laughs> Just the right temperature. It actually warmed a little bit, I think, when you oh. got here, so I like it. I like them a little, a little warmer than most people like beers, I think, especially stouts and things like that. I like them to warm and the flavors to kind of come out. That's what a lot of people would probably just don't know. Like, a better beer is supposed to be served <clears throat> at a different temperature. I mean, most beers will have on the glass or, you know, the can, what temperature to drink it at. Like, yeah, Bud Light should be ice cold because it doesn't really taste like anything. Right. You know, when you have something like this with all these intricate hops, it should be a little bit warm. You should be able to let it sit and open up kind of like wine and really let that flavor develop. Yeah. You know, like a stout. I mean, a stout should, there's many a time when I would take a stout right out of my cabinet. And drink it like that. I mean, like 50 degrees, 55 degrees is probably pretty perfect for a stout. Yeah. Right. I mean, what do you when you go over to Europe and stuff in, in Germany, they drink their beer warm, right? Well, yeah, they a lot have of places, that, whatever that system is, where it's not even you know it's not refrigerated. Yeah, our cast beers, you know, are warmer than a normal beer. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like you mentioned, a Budweiser, Coors Light, or something like that, they don't have that much flavor to begin with, and as they warm, they get even less flavor and kind of oh, water yeah. down. But no one can drink a warm Bud Light. No. But when you get a beer like this, you get a great stout. As it warms, I think different nuances come out of that beer, and you just get 
different flavors and you know each 15 minutes you can get pick that's up different notes definitely a cool thing about a stout in my opinion is there's a ton of layers of flavors in there that as it gets warmer there's a lot of difference you know an ipa yeah a little bit but the thing with stout is crazy but oh i can really get that chocolate really get that coffee right mm -hmm. you know and variants that are so abundantly rampant in, in beers these days it's like it don't really just makes a stout anymore it's coffee or coconut or vanilla or yeah yeah a bunch of adjuncts and stuff yeah. whatever Peanut butter and jelly, and <laughs> yeah, it's out there. I mean, well, it's funny you mention that because we're going to open one that has some flavors in here in a little bit. Cool. Yeah, yeah style. So it's going to be good. It is good. It's very good. Um, so this is brand new, right? I mean, it just came out. Was it this <coughs> um, past Saturday? Yeah, Saturday they did the can release. So okay. so super fresh. And it's like one the of their design. base beers, but they double dry hopped it. I, I couldn't be exactly sure what that means. You know, I know it's. Double dry hops. <clears throat> in one stage, they dry hopped the beer, and they did that twice. Apparently. Right. Well, when they brew the beer, yeah, they brew the beer with certain, you know, flavoring hops, and then they do some bittering hops, and they do some finishing hops in the boil. Um, and then when they drop it into that fermented ferment, then they drop more dry hops in there um, to release more bitterness and flavors from those hops into it. So I guess they did that twice into the ferment, or maybe even a secondary. I'd have to talk to the brewer, which hopefully... We'll, we'll get one of those guys on at one, one point. Oh, um, and find out what the process is for jumping drive out. Yeah. But, but from my brewing experience, that's what, what I would say they've done. So. I like the fact that you have brewing experience, which is really nice because in this situation, we get a little, at least a hint of what to expect or to. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to sound like a liar because I really don't know, but I can talk in my ass pretty pretty good, so I can give you a complete explanation of what I think it was. It could be completely yeah. different. <laughs> so, I mean, everyone feel free to call me out. I don't know. I know I like beer. I like this beer. Um, and I really like good beer, so yeah. double dry so, hop. Go for it. And I don't know if this has anything to do with double dry hopping, but it does have kind of a dry finish to it as well versus the original one, I think. It was a little juicier and maybe... That juiciness lingered a little bit. This one seems to kind of dry a little bit faster. And maybe because it's so much hops, you know, when you double it up like that, right, it just that has bitterness. That, that bitterness that takes it from you. Yeah, but it's fantastic. I appreciate it. Cool. We got a, we got another another one from these guys coming up here shortly. So sorry, I make a Facebook post right now. No, that's fine. I did one earlier as well. Except um, I can't find you on Facebook, man. Who me? Mike. Mike. Hey, <clears throat> Are you spelling my name with C's instead of K's? No. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. I, I did like, the oh, same no. thing. I typed because it is Mike. M-I-K-E, right? It's not Michael. It is Michael. Maybe that's why. I was oh, Michael. Put Mike Carter. Yeah. But I'll go back. At least to my mother is Michael. Yeah. Or my wife when she's angry at me. She's most of the time. All right, I can't find it. I give up. I'm just going to put your name. I'm going to put Mike. Well, let's get into it. I'm in there. All right. K-A-R-K-U-T. That's it. All right. All right. Yeah, let's get to it. Are you, are you ready now? Yeah. All right. So, head chef and owner of Gray Somerville. How did you become a chef to begin with? How did this whole, whole thing progress? Well, um, long story short, I went to college at Elon University um, for business and got asked to leave for my academic <laughs> uh, performance. Uh, my first semester in college, I had a .59. Uh, my mom was like, what class is that? I said, that's all of them. Um, true story. Um, I went to summer school every possible semester I could because I had to in order to stay in school. And then finally they were like, enough. You'd think they would just want your money and just keep you going. I, 
I went to like a private <clears throat> high school and was not super regulated by my family the whole time. You know, I got to do pretty much what I wanted, but I took that freedom of college and just took it a little too far. Yeah. I worked in two bars. I was a bouncer in a bar and I was a bartender in the other. And you know where? Um, North Carolina, right? Yeah, it's in North Carolina. It's okay. probably 45 minutes from between Wilmington and Raleigh, you know, each way. Right. Um, funny thing about one of those jobs, you know, like I said, I was a bartender at one and a, and a bouncer at the other. And there's only two bars in this town and it was a dry town. So it was beer and wine only. And uh, one of my one of my bosses came up to me one day and he goes, "You need to pick which job you want." I said, "Why? I'm not, it's not affecting me." He goes, "You can't work at Burger King and McDonald's at the same time." I said, "Okay, well, I'm gonna take the job where I can punch people in the face for money." <laughs> you know, so so I went that route. But once they asked me to leave, I stuck around. And it's actually right outside Burlington, North Carolina, which was Podunk, little you know, shitty town in North Carolina. Um, did that for a little while, and then you know, my parents were like, "Look, we need to figure out what you want to do with your life." So. I always liked cooking. I cooked, you know, at home. I took some cooking classes when I was a little kid, actually. And uh, so like, we'll, we'll pay for your schooling, you know, first year, you know, see what happens from that. So, cool. Got at Johnson Wales and Wales and went from there. And I said, I'll give myself two years in Charleston. That's it. You know, it just was such a culture shock from going from Jersey, which I'm from New Jersey, to North Carolina and then to South Carolina. And then I've been here since 2000. So 18 years now? Yeah, that is a big change. For sure. little, I've never been up to, well, I've been through New, Buffalo one time, but I've never lived up there, but I'm, I'm sure it had to I be lived a about 10 coach. minutes from New York, too. So, I mean, wow. it was northern New Jersey. I mean, we were, that was Meadowlands, I could see from my roof. I mean, go yeah. Giants. Um, so, I went to culinary school. I worked at Magnolia's um, downtown for a little while. Um, I worked at, uh, worked at a Groucho's Deli for a little while. Nice. While I was in school, while I was working at Magnolias. Um, we just got a new one in summer, they might need you over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can work on microwaves, but yeah. that's what we did. Um, but also, where else did I go from there? I went to Mama Foo's. Remember Mama Foo's? Remember that Maybe. place? Maybe. What was it? Was it, it was on Sam Rittenberg in West Ashley. It was owned by uh, the same guys that did Moe's. That was their same concept. And they shipped me out to Atlanta. I was going to be the first general manager of any Mama Foo's in the country. Wow. Who thought that would be a good idea for me? I don't know. But, I mean, I came from working at Magnolia's at the time, so I was, you know, they'd tell me, to, you know, a recipe and I would follow it. I'd get shrimp from so-and-so. I'd make this recipe myself. And then it got so corporate that they wanted to do conversaries and buying everything from these people and buying sauces and bags. I said, this isn't for me. So I left from there, and then I went to Sete, which, if you were familiar with Sete, was Mustard Seed Group, okay. Boulevard Diner. Um, okay. Sete was the Italian restaurant there, and uh, I was there for five, six years, where I met Derek Lathan and Bradford Bob Bradford was the uh, general manager, and Derek was uh, sous chef with me. Oh, I got to take a call. So we uh, we all met there, which are now my partners at Grace. Yeah. So we're all okay. So same Bradford that Bradford was managing from, the from Sete and uh, Derek from Sete. Yeah, we all got together and decided, you know, it's time for us to just. Go on our own. Yeah. So scrounged together some money, and we found the former Coco's Cafe location in Mount Pleasant, which we've turned into Gray since then. So our Mount Pleasant location has been there almost eight years. And that's over in the World Market. I mean, um, not World Earth, Market. Earth Fair. So uh, Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Whole Foods. That's, Whole Foods. that's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah, shopping center. I don't go to Mount Pleasant. I mean, I've been going there a lot more now because I didn't you know, have much to do here. 
Right. It's a it's a whole other world over there. Yeah. The best part about going to Mount Pleasant is in the summer is driving over the bridge and watching the, the girls walk over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I go run the bridge quite often. That bridge is terrifying to drive in my Miata. The wind at that altitude makes my little car just. You obviously like were never nothing. on the old bridge. You want to see a terrifying bridge. No, geez, you had no, about this not. much room between the guardrails and your yeah. car. Well, the Miata would have been nice because at, at the time, most people had those yeah. big Buicks and Rivieras and all this kind of stuff, huge vehicles that were trying to go, you know, two-lane traffic over the original bridge. And then the new bridge came up and got a little bigger. Um, but, yeah, that bridge was terrifying. I was driving when the old bridge was up still because I remember when the new bridge went up. I just don't, it's been way too long in my memory, but you don't need that anymore. See, up north, like in Jersey, that's how all the bridges were like the old ones. They're, they're rickety and they were rusty yeah. and like you just, you just floored it. You know, yeah. and they had that metal grating where like you could never really drive straight. It always, you just kind of pulled your wheels around. Yeah. My older brother and I have run the bridge run, you know, probably 14 or 15 times. And we used to run on the old bridge, obviously, and we'd run on the new bridge. But the old bridge, I mean, you could actually feel it swaying and moving as people were bouncing you know across this bridge and the new ones at least doesn't have that much give to it so it feels more secure but it was an interesting journey over that bridge in a car or by foot oh yeah and funny story i was at the at the uh, post office right off east bay years and years ago um i think i was getting my passport when i got married and i was getting into my car and i heard this explosion like i've never heard in my life and i you know, it sounded like a bomb, like a about shit in my pants. And I turned around, and uh, all these people were like, well, not laughing at me, but probably were. But they were taking down the old bridge. You know, they, they blew it up. And I was oh, just like, yeah. God, what the hell was that? Like, I had no idea. Like, oh. Everyone in Charleston knew but me. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I was still in the military, in the Air Force at the time. So I was, I think I was way over in Alaska. Because it came down, what, 2005 or something? Six, so seven, not, like somewhere around there. <laughs> a little while ago, but <clears throat> I remember my father went down. Actually, I think had some friends of his that they went out on the boat and actually sat, you know, on the Cooper River and watched it come down. And so it was a pretty amazing experience. But what was the name of the old bridge? It's just called the Cooper River Bridge. Yeah, I don't know if there's an official name to it, but so anyway, so you're over there. You're over there in Mount Pleasant. So yeah, we did Mount Pleasant, and uh, after about five years, we decided that uh, we it was time to look for a location number two. Um, about four years into Mount Pleasant, I had moved to Somerville, so I had no idea that I was going to be opening a restaurant right here. So I was driving about an hour, hour and a half every morning to beat that traffic to get into Mount Pleasant, which sucked, um, as you can imagine. But, you know, whatever. House is bigger and cheaper out here than it was anywhere around there. Um, so we found a location, which was Moose's Barbecue. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone said, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, that location. I mean, that's, and I hate when people say that, because, I mean, if you have a, a, the right idea and the right concept, it's going to work. And yeah. People, people say the place is cursed and nobody yeah. succeeds over uh, there. You can't stuff. get in the parking lot. I mean, we didn't have a problem. Yeah. You know, Moose's was good from what I heard, but he liked to close apparently four out of seven days a week, which was really weird. And, oh, right. I grew up and it was a, a pizza inn, I think, pizza over there. Inn, yeah, up. we found some pizza inn balloons in the ceiling when we tore it down. Yeah. 78? Seventy eight is actually how old the building is. That's <laughs> when it was built. Seventy eight. It was pizza in when I first built it. Wow, I remember that pizza. Yeah, went there quite often. Mm, pizza. That was like when we when we went on vacation, <laughs> you know, to to North Carolina and stuff. It seems like that was always the spot you stopped with kids, and you're like, oh my god, they have so much pizza, just eat it, waste it. Like, <laughs> yeah, because it, it was the buffet style, yeah. and they do that now. Pizza huts and stuff like that. Uh, some other places too, but at the time that was the only place where you had a buffet. You could just go in and get a plethora yeah. of different pizzas. Oh, that was the best. Dessert pizza. I love how they had salad at the end. Like, yeah, salad. <laughs> no yeah. one going in pizza in is going to get a salad. No. 
Well, maybe the lactose intolerant people. Which shouldn't be in pizza in the first place. Hey, right. Man. Yeah. They're just eating the cheese off the top of the side. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we were three years, um, <clears throat> almost almost three years. Uh, my, my dates are horrible. I can barely remember what I did a couple days ago. Um, but that's because you just had a birthday the other day, by yeah. the way. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. I'm thank the 30th, you. Just right? turned 40. Yeah. Um, so that you got a lap dance. No, on a bus by Jonathan Barrow. Oh, well, Jonathan <laughs> Barrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll call you out. You took the cake for being the drunkest on my birthday, so we appreciate that because you did, uh, you did add laughter. Um, it's funny that you say it because I totally forgot about that, but yes, yeah, we're like, uh, he was good fun. We had a good time. We just, we went brewery hopping, a lot mm-hmm. of places I've never been, you know, which is great. Um, we went to Edmund's Oast, um, um, the brewery, which that center, that uh, workshop, I believe it's called, was awesome. Yeah. Uh, we hopped over Revelry, went to the roof, had a couple beers, <clears> went over <throat> to Common House, which again, new, one of my favorites. I, I agree with you. You know, they're making killer beers right off start, and then we went to uh, Fermentory, finish up, and then luckily. Yeah, that's a solid run. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many other breweries, I'm like, oh, I would love to go to, but... <clears throat> I mean, you said party bus. I mean, y'all just rented a bus, or is there My actually a party got, bus? It's called F and B us. F and bus. Okay. I don't know how they want to pronounce it, but I guess um, this guy that he created this, and it, it was supposed to be for F and B guys, and whether it be like transport from like to and from the cars because of the parking situation and everything now, or if it was just, you know. But he, he was, it was great. He was very <laughs> personable, and like the pricing was way, way lower than anything we else would be talking about. So if you're looking for a safe, I mean, it was it was fun because it was like eight or nine of us. It was safe. Got downtown. He waited. You know, did his round. We had like six hours. Um, that is ideal. That way, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're getting way off on tangents and stuff, but that's cool. I mean, we're talking about beer. That's part of the show. But have y'all heard of? Um, there's a sushi bus that is a brewery bus as well. But you yeah. get sushi on the bus and sushi then they stop. Con? Is that what it's called? It may be sushi con. It definitely starts with an S. But um, I've never been on it. I've seen it. I've heard things, good things about it. But you get sushi, you know, there's seats like a restaurant on the bus. And then they, like a big commercial bus. Yeah. Not just a van or anything. And they drop you off. Uh, I, I know Free House is one of the stops. I'm not sure all the stops. But I think there's four, maybe five stops. And you get sushi at the same time. You get to eat sushi while you're riding around. Like if people have the restaurant part of me wants to know where. Sharp knives and everything. Are they making the sushi on the bus while you're there? I'm pretty sure. Or maybe they just had it pre-made and they just delivered it to just you. Just like right? a little lunchbox. Like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting on a bus and like trying to do these big shots. Like, oh, shit. You know, exactly. Yeah. Like, Wasabi, everyone. I can't write in a car, nonetheless, you know, do fine knife cuts. <laughs> yeah. But again, yeah, we you know we were talking about the food trucks. I mean, the, the scene has gotten, you know, the food scene in Charleston is insane. You know, we're so <laughs> blessed that after so many years, our restaurant's still relevant, you know, and, and actually a little bit more successful every year. You know, it's, it's crazy to watch these five are closing, these ten are opening, you know, and it's like, holy cow. So, it's so much the saturation, and, and the workforce is so hard to get, you know, because everyone feels so valuable that they just want to, well, I want, you know, I want a million dollars to work for you, and then I don't want to really work hard. Where when I first came up, it was like, you wanted to work for someone for whatever you can get just because you wanted the experience in that restaurant, and that, that, that dedication is not there anymore. You know, that love of the, of the craft. It's, there's some great chefs, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's, there's tons of them. And there's so many restaurants where I just don't get the chance to go to. Um, but 
it's tough. It's tough. So, I mean, for us to have two, well, two successful restaurants, one on pause, um, for the moment, it, you know, we feel, we feel blessed about that. You know, so I'm sure we'll get into, but our Somerville location <clears throat> on February 11th burnt down in the middle of the night. Um, to this day, it has been determined as undetermined. You know, we think it was electrical fire. Um, nothing's been, there's no, no blame. They're still under investigation? Or that's uh, investigation is over. Um, two insurance companies and the, uh, the city, they did their investigations, and just, there was just nothing to pinpoint exactly where it was. Um, they knew the point of origin, where it, the area, but nothing conclusive to it was an outlet. It was, you know, wiring. could have been a you know, squirrel or a rat. Um, you know, it, it was none of those things. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's an old building, 78, 79, we just yeah. talked about, right? So it's been there for a while. The building, yeah, but like we put, when we moved into that building, um, it was so bad. You know, and he was kind of grandfathered into that location that we changed everything. The building inspector said, you need to, every wire in that building, we pulled out. So, I mean, everything in there was brand new. Right. Um, but, you know, things happen for a reason. You know, I think we'll come back bigger and better. Um, it is going to be a little while if anyone's out there that's listening that wants to know when we're going to open. I don't know. Um, but bigger and better meaning you're going to stay in that location. I mean, uh, as, as far as we know, unless something really crazy were to happen, um, you know, but I don't see, you know, why not? You know, I, I love it out here in Somerville now. And, you know, that was my home for, for almost three years. You know, it, it was it was surreal, like, getting that, you know, I actually had a police officer come to my house about five in the morning. <clears throat> and he said, are you Michael Carkin? I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, you're the owner of, of Gray's um, out here. I said, yes, sir. He goes, well, I just got a report that your building's on fire and literally turned around and walked off. Hmm. Oh, my God. So, like, you know, how do you ride? slap yourself in the face, wake up, exactly, and then get in the car and drive over there and, you know, you, you don't know what to expect at that point. But uh, as I'm driving down uh, Main Street, all I can see was blue and red, just lighting up the sky. And then right. when I made that turn, it was about eight fire trucks. And, oh like, they were like, oh, don't go in. I'm like, the owner. So <clears> then <throat> as I try to walk through the doors, it's just, like, water, everything. It was just so it was out. It was out at that point. It was out, yeah. It was just smoking. Sudden. I still have that flavor in my mouth. I just can't get it out. But. Yeah. Well, we never got a chance to get, you were out of town, I think, yesterday or whatever. We were supposed to record yesterday. But what we'd like to do is actually get some pictures and stuff, if you don't mind. Maybe some pictures of what it was and maybe yeah. some of those yeah. pictures. And we want to put those up on, you know, the video feed. Um, maybe some snippets of, so people can understand sure. just what happened with it. But that's unbelievable. I mean, that's why yeah. I wanted to have you on, obviously, is to talk about uh, numerous things, but specifically the fire. Um, and you said, you know, it was your home for three years. It was kind of my home for three years as well. I mean, I've, since I moved back to town, it's one of my favorite places in town. Um, and it still will be once you, cause I know you're going to open up and it's going to be even better than before. But, um, my favorite night was steakhouse night every Tuesday. Tuesday? Every Tuesday. What? And you didn't have that originally when you first opened. No. How did you implement that? No, well, we thought about it. Like there's, you go downtown and there's a steakhouse down on every corner. You know, we have, um, I don't even know what the ones are in Zelia Square, like uh, Roadhouse or Logan's or something like that. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's Logan's. Yeah, Is so it's Logan's? it's a chain, you know. Yeah. So you, there wasn't really anywhere that you can go locally. I mean, yeah, the restaurants around have steaks. But this, this night in particular, we would have like five or six different cuts, usually pretty large in size. Um, you know, Brian will tell you that the 32-ounce ribeye was probably one of his favorites. Well, I'll tell you, it's a funny story. We went, yeah. we did a, a keto night, and we'll maybe talk about that here in a minute as well, but we did a, a ketogenic night that, that Mike put on for me and a group that I run, the Keto Dojo, and uh, my mom happened to be there. She's part of the group. She's doing the diet with us and being very successful with it. 
um, she didn't read the entire post on what that steak was, and she ordered the the ribeye. That thing, mm-hmm. the ribeye. Yeah, yeah. And that thing came out, and I mean, it was as big <laughs> as her head on this freaking plate, and she had no clue that's what she ordered. And she loved it. She ate it. She took a lot of it home from my father, and I'm sure he enjoyed it later on as well. But she was just flabbergasted when that steak came out on the plate. It's just huge. It's massive. Yeah, you know, and I've seen people finish the whole thing in, oh, yeah. in, in the restaurant. What? Yeah. You know, the beauty of that now is kind of mix and match. You pick your cut. You pick your sides. We do separate, you know, sauces are separate, veggies separate. You kind of just build your own plate that night. Kind of like, you know, the true steakhouses from back in the day. Yeah. So, you know, we, we definitely want to continue that. I mean. Um, now, do you do that in Mount Pleasant as well? Or we that do was, not. That we was just do not. Mount Pleasant's a different animal. Uh, it's, you know, the clientele is completely different. Salmon. Uh, you know, it's amazing. 50, 60, 70 pounds of salmon a week over there. But Yeah. Well, that's Mount Pleasant. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's different, you know. Uh, but we thought it was a good thing, and, and it, it, it works. You know, it's a, we do it on, on the slower nights, you know, Tuesday night. But you can come get a giant steak and, and not pay an arm and leg for it, you know. <clears throat> you know, those downtown restaurants, it's hard. It's hard to to have the money to go out to somewhere like that, you know, often. So we try to do it where you can come every week, you know, and always get something different. Yeah. I was a big fan of Monday nights because you have a food and bev mm-hmm. discount. Oh, yeah, I was a fan of that night as well. Once I got the food and bev. Food and bev, bev anyone with you got <coughs> 50% off, excluding mm-hmm. alcohol, uh, everyone out there. But, I mean, you know, you can be one person that works in a restaurant, came up with 10 of your buddies, and you're all going to get half off. It mm-hmm. was the most beautiful thing I know. The mallets loved it. They went every Monday. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty much when I started going. I started working over there at Coastal with those guys. They turned me on to it. I didn't even know about it. And there's quite a few other places in town that I didn't know of until I got into the food and bev community. You know? Right. There's some other places that we'll mention. Maybe have some of those guys on as well. But. And like you said, community, it really is. I mean, like when we had the fire, we had some people reach out instantly, like, you know, offering jobs for our staff. You know, that, that was the whole point, which we'll oh, talk wow. about the, the the food truck rodeo, but <clears throat> just, you know, helping hand, whatever they can do, you know, they offer to feed us, they offer to staff us, you know, what, what really whatever. Uh, and, <clears throat> you know, most of my, as far as I know, most of my staff has, has, has found jobs and, you know, everyone is good. You know, we, we're, we take care of anyone as, as much as we can. And, uh, I mean, it really is a community. It's like a family, you know, I've had so many people call me, you know, whether myself or Bradford or Derek and just, you know, asking what can they do? You know, so many people want to set up a, you know, we had a GoFundMe set up for us, or not for us, but for our staff. And and uh, our good friend Josh Banky, you know, with, you know. Yeah, he's who just interrupted. He called me, <laughs> trying to FaceTime and request a song. So he'll get his little two minutes of fame right now. <laughs> what uh, did he do? I posted a picture on Facebook and he FaceTimed me. And he was like, are you guys live? Uh, Can I request a song? Well, you literally just dragged me out of the middle of the show. To make a joke? Yeah. He started laughing. Well, we'll, we'll look past that for now because he did set up this food truck. For <laughs> um, Grazing for Graze. It is on April 15th. It's at the uh, First Union Bank. Is that what it is? First. Nations. Uh, Man, we should have we researched it. It's, 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 it's right where, uh, it's where yeah. they do the farmer's market. Right by the, you know, the First National Bank. Yeah, First I keep Bank. getting it confused because there's a citizen and a First National. So, but it's, oh, wait. <clears throat> No, First National You'll find Bank it. is across from Coastal. You'll have all the first, food trucks there. Yeah. And that big thing that the, the police department just bought. Yeah. That thing that looks like you can just drive through any kind of wall. I don't know what that what? was supposed to be for. Have you not seen this? No, this is truck? it a tank or something? It looks like a tank, but it's got wheels. Oh. It's pretty impressive. But yeah, it's right off. Um, it's, you know, it's where the farmer's market, the summer's farmer's market sets up in that same area. Yeah. Let's go with that. I, mean, I think it's the day after the first... Um, 
Farmer's market. market. We're going to get there eventually. But it's also a can drive that same day. So, I mean, bring some cans. Um, certain proceeds are, you know, are, are set up to go to the staff of, of all the people that lost jobs on that day, February 11th. It'll just be fun. I mean, get together and eat a bunch of food and, you know, whatever. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. What time? Uh, 12 to 4, I believe, is the... It is for citizens. Mm. Got to yeah. that girl. I'll be able to Grazing go for a little graze. bit. I don't know if this camera will pick this up, but it's kind of right here. Grazing for graze. New date, April 15th, 12 to 4, 218 South Main Street. Uh, benefit food truck. So yeah, it's going to be a good time. Um, I'm going to try and get out there for sure. If I can get back in time, I'll be out of town for a race uh, that weekend. Um, I'm going to try and get back for it. But I was definitely on board for it for the original date, but then the date changed. But I was actually out of town at a beer festival for the first one, so this one nice. worked out better for me. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. I'm running a, a, a craft beer relay with my brother and, and Four other guys were doing it. Just seems like you take the fun out of it. It's going to be very <laughs> rewarding when we get there. It's going to be from Asheville, North Carolina to Greenville, South Carolina. I saw that. I read about it. Like, that sounds awesome. I read how long the, the actual legs of it were. I'm like, Jesus. I mean, maybe on a bike. Yeah. Um, how roughly five, five or six miles per leg, and everybody's running two legs. So, yeah. It'd be, it'd be a half marathon each, everybody. Not quite ready for that yet. Yeah, but it sounds like fun. I would rejoice sure. at the end without having to run. So just as yeah. a compliment. I could be the one handing you the beer you know, <laughs> as, you, as you run through. Right. But we needed a driver. So where were you guys earlier? We could have had you driving the van for us. And... I would have loved to do that. <laughs> well, the maybe there's still time. Richard did something like that before. He helped a buddy out who was trying to run like some whatever, and they, he had his own leg. And there's a hilarious <laughs> story because he got freaked out in the middle of the night when he was running. He was half asleep. Yeah. And we have to remember to ask him about this when he comes on. We will have Richard for sure. I have never cried so hard from laughing at a story in my life. Right. So, so put a pin cushion now. We'll move back. Sorry. No, I'm, I'm not trying to rush you back to anything. I'm just trying to remember because I was looking up this stuff on Facebook. Did you mention what the, the benefit is for? What I know originally it was for the staff, but you said your insurance and yeah, all that stuff. So, you know, we're, we're still we're still going to donate to the staff. Um, we don't know exactly where we can go with this. Um, it kind of depends on, you know, what the collection is but I mean we didn't know at the time of this being set up you know how things were going to go with our insurance and you know we have a good insurance and our staff is, is getting taken care of so we're, we've, we're thinking about <clears throat> ideas of ways to pay it forward you know maybe take a good chunk of this um, some of it give to the staff and, and some of it to give to another you know charity and some other right. way that we can give back right um, you know to to our community you know the people that are going to come out to help us I mean there's obviously other stuff out there that's that people in need that We'd like to, to, to do, you know, the right thing. So Excellent. you guys have any ideas, you know, feel free to drop us a line, you know, send us your ideas on what, you know, where you think should go. Um, but we're going to talk about it and, and we'll make the right decision, I think. And maybe we spread it or, you know, spread the love around. You know, Somerville Dream has set this up. I know they're a nonprofit organization and we did an event with them last year. And, uh, you know, we just hope to see all you guys that, you know, came out to the restaurant, you know, that were, that were fans. And I mean, I've run into people, I'm at the coffee shop a lot now. In the mornings, and I see someone every day. They're like, "Oh, you know, I remember you from Grays." You know, <laughs> you know, doesn't you know hurt? I have uh, a tattoo on my arm that says it. So I'm like, "You're the Grays guy." I'm like, "I will give it away." Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. You know, we have uh, Flower Town coming up this weekend. I'm sure all of you know, which is just a big crazy. I, I don't know. It's like Myrtle Beach comes to, to Somerville. 
pretty good. Um, like but it's you know it's just it's like the boardwalk. It's so many people. Like and I get it. It's it's the uh, bridge run. And so there's so many people in town. But it's it's gonna be crazy. On that note, let's open a beer. All right. And then I, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, what you were just talking about the festival. Um, so where are we going with now? We're going with the double dry hopped. Covercraft. Oh, sweet love. I had this here the other day. Out. Same brewery, Charlestown Fermentory over in West Ashley and Avondale. Uh, same thing, just released on Saturday. Should be nice and fresh. Whenever you're ready. Whenever, whenever you're ready. Okay. Yeah. Should be. Um, it's just easier for me to hold it instead of just sitting there because I can't see it. I think this one's got a little more flavor. Right? I mean, it's definitely got higher ABV. I think the other one was 6.6. .6. This is 7% uh, alcohol by volume. We'll give you, well, we got two Wicked Weed glasses, so I think we're going to, I don't know if Mike likes Wicked Weed or not. I, I love Wicked Weed. You know, I, I I get it. I mean, I'd probably get it more if I were a craft brewer. You right. know, the whole in-dev thing. I mean, I'm not going to lie, as a businessman, I want someone to come in one day and say, hey, I'm going to give you $100 million for your business. Heck yeah. Um, I wouldn't bat an eye at that. I get the people that want to keep it, you know, a certain way. Um, I like Wicked Weed Sours. You know, some of the stuff they're putting out now is not my favorite, but, you know, their sour program is actually really good still. Yeah. That's Funkatorium, though. I'm going to give you a little more, Mike. Yeah, Funkatorium is, is really cool. I mean, Asheville itself is just a great, it's a great beer town. You got it? Yeah, yeah, there we go. So this is Covercraft. Um, I don't really have a good synopsis of Covercraft. Untapped just doesn't always do a great. Yeah, they really don't. It's amazing how many IPAs they have, or even pale ales, or anything really. No bittering units. Right. I want to know these things. I stopped. I, I was one of those. I did everything on Untapped every time I had a beer, and I just I had went to a festival where I probably had seventy or eighty different. Samples and then at that point I was just like, I'm done with that. Yeah, I'll kind of remember. I'll remember if I like it or not at some point. But yeah, I mean, it is a good way to, to, to remember. Like, oh, did I buy this? Did I, right. You know, did did I, I buy thirty dollars on this beer and should yeah. I buy it again? Exactly. That's my biggest thing. Is I want to know, did I like it? Do I want to spend my money on it again? Um, but here's sure. to uh, cheers. cheers and another Charleston from beer. A lot more citrus off the first. Uh, a little more citrus, not quite as juicy and uh, sweet mm -hmm. as the Sun Gazer, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But real similar profile, for sure. And yeah. I, and they do kind of do that. I mean, that's what's in their vein for them. They do a lot of this New England-style juicy, citrusy yeah. IPAs, and, and they're great at it. I mean, and it's it's like nitpicking at this point now. It's like you're getting so, you've gotten so spoiled with good beer. Yeah. That's like, you know, I remember when, you know, when I first got into craft beer, I was in college and I had my first like Sammy Smith Caddy Porter. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, yeah. you got to do a bottle opener to open this thing. And, you know, then, you know, like Sierra Nevada, you know, the pale ale was like, that was my go-to. Yeah. And the torpedo came like, like, oh my God, the double or whatever, you know, more, more hops, you know. And then now it's like, you give me a Sierra and that's like my Bud Light, which there's nothing wrong with it. It's still a good beer. It's still a great beer. And, uh. But, yeah, the progression has just gone you know, so yeah, much. It's like, where do we go in 10 years? Like, I guess I'm drinking bourbon, you know? Yeah. Which yeah, that, wrong with that. that game has gotten insane, too. I mean, the, the prices of trading and, and secondary markets. It's, that's a whole other episode. Yeah, for sure. But another another awesome beer. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, again, I 
can't thank you enough for bringing these two beers. I, yeah. I didn't know what you were going to bring. I know you got a lot of stuff in your cellar. You collect a lot of beers, but these are fantastic, super fresh. Um, I appreciate you sharing them with us. Oh, you could have them for your, all for yourself. Yeah, beers made for sharing. I don't right. think the one we had uh, was also working the beer that it was. I don't think it was double dry hop. I think it was just the regular cover craft. Yeah, I think this is the yeah. first time release, right? No, okay. So that, was yeah. so that one, yeah, that was one of their staples, I think, too, a little while back. So did they have, did they just release two? Or they actually they had a third one, um, which was a tropical creamsicle sun gazer. Holy hmm. shit. Um, so. I'm not sure if, I, if I'm interested in that. I mean, I would definitely try. Are you kidding? I'm not huge on cream beers. To I shouldn't with. be because I'm lactose intolerant, but that sounds fantastic. It's, it's, I've had one. Um, it's delicious. Um, so forgive me for not sharing that. Oh, no, man. <laughs> I don't think Brian would have enjoyed it. So, but, Oh, I would have enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. It's just not yeah, my favorite you, style, maybe. But You definitely it would enjoy the, the style. I mean, it's you know, it might not be your favorite beer. It's one of, sometimes you get these beers, you're like, oh, four ounces is enough. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's cool to, to, to look through the minds of these guys and be like, how, how did you even come up with that? Right. Right. You know, the artistic Well, they know aspect. people like Dreamsicles. I mean, those were fantastic back in the day, right? Yeah. yeah. Large, so why not put it in a can and, and alcohol? Do you um, think that's how they came up with the idea for peanut butter jelly beer? Probably. I love eating these every day. Yeah. Why not? I eat these as kids. Drop it in the beer. Yeah. When I'm yeah. an adult, I need... Alcohol peanut butter. Edmund's House has their peanut butter and jelly beer. I haven't Kitala. tried that one. Kitala Kitala has Kitala's. their peanut butter and jelly beer. And yeah. It tastes like peanut butter and jelly, but I, I just don't want to drink that much of it. You yeah. Know, personally, you know, five, six ounces is enough. Well, we were just talking earlier about that Nutter Butter beer. Who, who makes that again? Uh, that's Edmund's Westbrook collaboration. Okay. And yeah, it's yeah, Nutter Butter, butter than a pair of canned pants. Man. Yeah. yeah. It tastes exactly like a Nutter Butter. It is amazing. It's, it's like fantastic. a 10 or 11% barley wine. Yeah. It's, it's but then a, the same thing. It's a little too sweet for me. I don't know if I could drink a whole glass of it. I probably I would. Drink a lot but of that. That and the uh, uh, Arbor, Arbor, Orbor, a Biter by Evansos. That, yeah, that's a very that good drink probably wine is fantastic. Yeah, that too. was really good. Um, again, but you know, sticking on these these ten eleven percent beers and you drink too many of them. You know, it's better. <laughs> yeah, better to do at home. Um, most definitely. <laughs> You mentioned the um, the Flower Town Festival the other, uh, just a few minutes ago, and it's coming up this weekend. But did you guys ever do anything with them? Did you have a station set up? We did craze? last year. Um, we, we last year was our first year, so we were you know rookies going into it. We had no idea, you know, because it's weird to me that they open on Friday at nine o'clock, and I'm like, you know, it was dead. So it's like everyone's at work. Um, you know, then when work gets out, everyone gets there, and then but Saturday and Sunday were a whole other animal. I mean, it was wall to wall people. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I've never sold so many French fries in my life. French fries. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, we bring our pommes frites. We have a couple items that we're going to bring right off the menu. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great it's a great event. I mean, there's so many people out there. And the weather is looking like it's supposed to be really good. I know last year it was hot. Um, but it's it's same 70s, 80s, I think. And But you guys won't be doing anything this year, obviously. We are. We are. are That's what I was about to ask. Okay. We are. Um, we're going to continue. We're going to ship it in from Mount Pleasant. Um, they have a... Uh, a refrigerated truck on site that we can use, but we're going to bring all our cooking supplies and just cook it all there. Okay. Um, so, yeah. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, everybody yeah. get out to Flower Town and, and hit up the Gray's Tent uh, station over there. Yeah, we'll be out there uh, all weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, come see us. Excellent. So, we should probably post this before the Flower Town Festival. 
I was thinking about it. I mean, we haven't quite got the music set up yet, but but I was thinking about pushing up our posting to to an earlier day. Yeah, for various reasons. But Josh asked me about that too for the event reasons mm-hmm. on the fifteenth, two days before, one day before when we released. Probably I couldn't be. No, I know people like to make plans in advance, so it, yeah. possibility we may get this out sooner. Well, than, the good than thing about the, the the postponement of the original one was that. That people didn't, you know, if people didn't know about it, they should know about it now. That's um, also a good point. You know, so there should be a good, you know, along with the weather. You know, the funny thing about that is, you know, I was in Florida and they were worried about this giant storm that was coming, and it was a beautiful day. Nothing, <laughs> nothing happened. Right. And there were some people that were pretty rude about it, like, where to cancel the event or a beautiful day. I'm like, you know, you don't want to risk it because you don't want to try to set up something, you know, for a charity and then it pour and then there's nothing you can do. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not that easy just to, to set it up and come back. So luckily the town and everyone has worked out with us. Yeah. For that, so there's assholes everywhere. Yeah, especially online, for sure. Oh my gosh! Well, it's so easy to hide behind the username. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. So we got two things to promote. That's that's awesome. I want to ask you another question. Um, we mentioned earlier about the keto menu that you put together for for my group, the Keto Dojo. I'm gonna shamelessly uh, promote it on here. It's on oh, Facebook. No. Once Facebook. you hit three shameless promoting, by the fourth one, I have to hit you with something. All right. Well. Did you bring something to hit me with? No, I'm making these rules I up can on block the spot. pretty well. <laughs> so, yeah, you agreed to put that together for us. And it wasn't the turnout I expected to be. We had a lot of people that said they were going to be there that just, you know, life happens. Sometimes you just can't be where you say you're going to be and you plan for events and stuff just comes up. But So we didn't have the people that we wanted. But I think overall it was very well received by the people that did show up. Mm-hmm. And I know myself, I was blown away by what you came up with. But... How was that experience for you? I mean, I know you're doing the ketogenic diet now as well, um, had success with it, but how was it coming up with those menu items? Was that enjoyable for you? Was it hard? Was it no, I, something I mean, that you're going to keep on the menu, maybe some of these items? or I, I loved it. I think it's cool. Um, it's a diet that I can stand by because it's you're eating. You're eating good food. You're eating flavorful food. I mean, I get it. I, I'm not a salad person. Um I'm just not. I mean, you could obviously tell. I like steaks. I like cheese. I like bacon. I like I'm like I like beer. You know, which is not keto, but you know, I, I, it's like the man's diet. I mean, I'm not taking away from the women here. Like women love it too. My wife, you know, my wife does it along with me, and uh, it was fun. It's fun to do. Like, how many different ways can I cook cauliflower? A yeah. whole lot. Um, you know, zucchini. You know, just run it on a mandolin or, or spiralizer. I'm like, I use that as my noodle at home all the time now. I still make spaghetti and meatballs, but I just don't use pasta. Yeah. You know, I can make a cream sauce. You know, I try to stay away from the tomato sauces. And, um, you know, it's great <clears throat> making the, the, if people aren't really familiar with fathead dough, it's it's uh, pizza dough, but you're using cheese, almond flour, egg, and sensitive. That's, 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 that's it. it. Yeah. You know, it's cream cheese and mozzarella melted together with almond flour and egg. Wow. And then you bake it and you put your, your pizza toppings on it. And it's amazing. You know, it, it really it really is good. So it's like I have like my father who's in you know, you know, from you know, New Jersey, worked in New York for so many years, and I gave him a piece one day, like, it's not bad. You know, it it's not the norm, but as a substitute for a diet, it's unbelievable. You know, it, it's weird like when you think about diet food, like I need to eat a piece of boiled fish or or something on a dry salad, and it's not that way. Right, so, plain you know, chicken breast or a you know, bowl of tuna with nothing on it. It's yeah. tougher at home, maybe, but you know, for myself in a restaurant, it's full of ingredients. I mean, it was wasn't that hard, you know. So you know, I, I enjoyed it, and I think that 
you know, if we can get the interest up, I'd love to possibly have a night, you know, and have like a special like we do with the steakhouse. You know, have a, you know, and it could be like five items. Yeah. But have like a keto night, you know, because it's, it's amazing how many people have come in and that I've educated my staff on it saying, oh, this guy said keto. And they're like, oh, Mike knows, Mike knows. So many either people that they're in that group or, or just knew that I was doing it, that I, I've had a couple regulars that are that are doing it now. And they're like, just tell Mike to make me something keto. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and they, they have that trust in me that I'm going to make them something that they're going to really enjoy. So, <clears throat> I mean, I, I enjoy it. I mean, it's fun, you know. It's it's funny because my kids are like, when are you gonna change what you're eating? I'm like, why would I want to? Right. You know, as much as I'd love a big bowl of Cheerios or something now and then, and you yeah. you know you're allowed to cheat. You yeah. know, you should. I mean, you shouldn't ever completely cut. I mean, obviously we're sitting here drinking beer together, right? But uh, to me, it's not hard. It's fun, and, and you know, we went through that group through the keto dojo. I mean, so many different ideas. Just, oh, I didn't try that. And uh, like someone put it about making biscuits. I'm like, make biscuits and gravy now. You know, right. There's so many different things out there that you can really do, and, and I haven't tried that. I used to love biscuits and gravy, but I haven't, I haven't looked for any of those recipes at all. I, I, at this point, I just keep it simple now. It's just eggs and bacon and sausage, and you know, some greens here and there. But I, I was getting all involved in all these extensive recipes and making all these cool things, and now I just try and keep it simple. I just, I find I get bored, you know, especially where I'm at as, yeah. as a chef. So it's like my wife's like, "Oh, I'm gonna try this." Till. I'm like, "Go for it!" Like. The biscuits are apparently like I've never honestly I've never been to a red lobster in my life, and the biscuits. The, well, I, I mean, again, I'm a chef. And I, hate, I, guess, I yeah. hate I don't okay. hate seafood, but it's like it's not my thing. <laughs> but these biscuits are, I guess, they're supposed to be like the, the Sorry, biscuits, <laughs> the biscuits from red lobster. You know, you put herbs in them, the cheese in them, and, it, and it's kind of like the fat head dough. But I mean, they're they're great. You know, so we'll. You talking about that three or five minute mug <clears throat> bread or whatever? We tried the mug bread, and I, the first time we made it, it did not come out right. It tasted like I guess from using the uh, too much either uh, baking soda. It tasted like uh, a licked inside of a metal can. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't very good. But uh, since then we did it, and we just bake them. You know, they don't rise that much, but uh, you know you can use two of them. They're they're really good. Really right. Good. And I mean, that's the biggest thing is people say, oh, I, I got to have my pizza. I got to have my pasta. I got to have my bread. Well, there's there's options out there, and it's yeah. all pretty damn yeah. good. I mean, it's pretty close to the originals. Of course, it's not going to be the same stuff, but it's pretty close. It, it's good yeah. enough where you do it for a week or two, you'll get used to it. Yeah, I mean, it, some of the things, it's just a texture. You know, you yeah. don't have that fluffy white bread. You have this other thing that's packed with cheese. Like, you're like oh, well, this, I don't know. I kind of like this better. Right. You know, it's like I, I sit home with a, a steak. You know, yeah, I wasn't a big like you know mashed potatoes or a baked potato, but every now and then you'd like that. There's there's so many. I do the cauliflower risotto, or you know, a lot of times I'll just roast off cauliflower and just toss in buffalo sauce. You know, like, oh, I've had that many times. The buffalo cauliflower yeah. is fantastic. Oh, Very that good. sounds like a great idea. And even the night the, the keto night that we went, I had the um, I think it was the seared tuna over the cauliflower fried rice. That was fantastic. The fried rice tasted. I mean, you could not Ooh. tell that it was not rice. Yes. Wow. It was amazing. Cauliflower is very versatile. Oh, man, I'm getting hungry. Now. Yeah, we might need to put some of these recipes up on the, the link or something. Yeah. Catch it all to the dojo, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that there's already like a decent amount of recipes on the dojo. Oh, oh yeah, Paige has. People just, I mean, that's kind of what it's become as a recipe group, is people just sharing recipes and stuff. And that's, that's half the battle. I mean, it's... Three quarters of the battle yeah, is finding definitely. stuff to eat. So if you got recipes to cook, you're going to be successful on it for sure. And that's one thing that the diet definitely is for me. It's forced me to cook because I can't just throw lunch meat in between two slices of bread or a hot dog and a microwave with a bun. 
Can't eat the bun or the bread. Well, and, and you, you know, you're, you're forcing yourself to eat fresher stuff. Yeah. You know, stuff you most of the time know where it's coming from. You know, but you can, you know, you can have a nice plate of pork. Yeah. Like, I love, like, that's the beauty of this, especially now with this weather. I mean, I love smoking stuff at home. Um, so I always throw a pork butt, or I mean, I'm a big fan of the sous vide. I know we, we had discussed that before. And yeah, I still haven't got one. I need to. Oh, man, they're so much fun. And they're so easy. You know, they're the. Explain what a sous vide is. Sous vide, I mean, the term itself means under pressure. You know, it's a classic, I guess it's a, a French technique where it'd be a vacuum sealed item <laughs> cooked at a constant temperature with a um, immersion circulator. Um, right. It's just pretty much a water bath that circulates the water around that product. So you can cook a mid rare steak for six hours if you wanted to. <laughs> um, you know, where you can take cuts like a short rib and cook them for 48 hours and eat it mid-rare where something you'd have to, you know, classically braise. But So like I that 32-ounce ribeye, you do that in the sous vide or is that um, We've done big? both. Um, we, we started going to the sous vide because, first of all, it makes it more tender. But, it, you know, we can already kind of pre-cook it to that nice rare. So we're just going <clears> to just <throat> kind of char it, you know, for you when, when you come in. And, oh, you know, but that it, it makes it, you know. You can take those tough, crappier, cheaper cuts, which, you know, which is good because, you know, everything has gotten so expensive. You know, you get a brisket and throw it in there for, for two, three days and then throw it in the smoker for a couple hours. And I mean, yeah, to the barbecue guys out there, I mean, more power to you. I just don't have the time with family and everything to sit in front of the smoker for 72 hours. Or right. Not 72 hours. Oh, my gosh. I had a heart attack. But a day and a half or so. <laughs> but it, you That's know. crazy. That's so. Long. And then a lot of the ones you can get nowadays, right? Wi-Fi enabled and Bluetooth. You could do it from your home. And yeah, the one I have, like that's the only way it works. It's not even like a button. It just connects to your phone. And what? You literally will give you options of how what the texture of the meat you want it. And you just put water in the thing and you throw it in there and it says, "All right, this is what we're doing. Push go." Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I borrowed one from a chef at Coastal. He let me borrow one. And, Reverse searing was the way I cooked the steak all the time. It's mm -hmm. fantastic. The best steaks I've ever made. And I got that sous vide and did a couple of steaks that way. And it was amazing. I mean, it was way better than reverse searing. I thought reverse searing was the top level, but it took it to another level. How do you reverse sear something? What is that? Uh, you start off in the oven. The regular sear is you sear it first and then you... Then you put it in the oven to finish it off and finish no. cooking, right? Searing. Reversing is just flipping that. Throw the meat on? The, yeah, so you're throwing something in the, in the oven first, where then when you're pulling it out, you're going to get a hot ass pan. You know, put your whatever you're cooking in there, and you're going to put like you know throw a little butter in at that point, kind of basic. But you're going to have that crust on it. That's going to just it's just a different flavor profile. That when you put something in an oven, it just slowly kind of dissipates. You're not going you're losing a little bit of that oh. pan, you know, flavor. So I mean, yeah, reverse searing is, is is definitely a way. You know, get you some cast iron. Make sure you open your windows, especially when you're doing it home. Just smoke yeah. smoked the house out. Yeah. yeah okay. I started using ghee now instead of butter, and that's helped a little bit because it has a higher smoke mm -hmm. point on it, so it doesn't smoke quite as much, but it definitely is exactly right. I open up my garage door, the back door, and the kitchen windows. <laughs> and still, my, that my smoke out. alarm will go off. The kids are yeah. yelling at me because that well, dogs my, are barking. I shouldn't say this, but mine is disconnected because it goes off every time I do one. <laughs> I was so, wondering why. Yeah, I just figured the, the fire alarm goes off all the time. The smoke alarm, not fire alarm. But it's worth it at the end of the day. When you sit down with that steak, you're like, that's the fire alarm. You know, <laughs> this is worth it. So, oh, man. so reverse here is good, but sous vide is just the way to go. I mean, we've put that. I actually um, did for the first time, um, I did cold brew coffee sous vide. So I th I'm trying to think of the temperature off the top of my head, but it, yeah, was, like, exactly. it was like 185 degrees possibly for two hours. Um, I put it in a growler. So grounds, 
grounds and water. And two hours at 185 degrees, <clears throat> and uh, it was delicious. 180 you know, degrees? I'd have to double check it. Um, I'm trying to think. I just did it like a week ago. I think it was 185 degrees for two hours. Um, I could be wrong. Um, but I mean, the flavor was was insane. You know, for a normal wow. normal you know cold brew, you're looking at 12, 12 to 16 hours or so. I mean, yeah. Well, or 24 is it, maybe. Yeah, 16 to 18 generally. But mm -hmm. I found doing it at Coastal. Any time after 18, most people can't even tell the difference. So in the event that something goes wrong and it sits for 24 hours, it's generally about the same. And then also it's just because we use, or they use, uh, Colombian coffee. So it's very, kind of doesn't have a like, high acidity to it. I so think that was the problem I had when I'd get it, because it was from the darkest you know, being I could find in the acidity, if I let it go too long, it's like, oh my God, this is like, it's doing its job of like, it, it's like, you know, <laughs> gasoline for your body. But um, doing it this way, you know, you strain it and throw it in the, you know, in the fridge and cool it down. Uh, it was great. It really was. And it, it, it's crazy how it just cuts down that time. Just, what temp did you say? I'll, like, I'll look it up. It wouldn't be cold brew if it was, it was warm. Yeah, we'll try and usually it's, put this it's, in show notes. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, we'll figure See, it I've out. I've never even thought about this. I never even heard of it. Oh either. my gosh. I'm, I gotta get rid of it. I don't understand how it's cold brew though if it's 180 degrees. I don't think it would be. It's a, it's it sounds like warm brew. It's, yeah, <laughs> but like a slow <laughs> brew coffee. I don't even know. I mean, it's definitely caffeine, different than an espresso coming through. I mean, what what is an espresso temperature when you when you when you do a Oh man, you're quizzing me too. One, Come on, specific, man. 150 your, for two hours. 150 for two hours. And you'll get the same See, normally product when that you, you'll get in the 16 to 18 hours. Yeah, you know, this is saying the higher temps give the resulting brew the same bitter attributes of traditional hot drip brew, and the lower temperatures seem a little too weak. So normally, uh, like, when you do a pour-over, you want your water before boiling, so around, like, 190. You're really taking a turn on this podcast. That's totally fine, because this is really interesting. Because yeah, I've never even heard of anything yeah. like that. Craft tangents is what we got now. Hey, that's actually yeah, hey, we're getting so many different things. Because that's that's insane. So one fifty is definitely good. lower than what you would normally make coffee at. Well, Nova is one of the popular sous vide machines out there, and this is actually the you know if you look up a Nova sous vide. Cold yeah, that's brew. the one I was looking at. Yeah, um, and they call it. They, cold they got a whole app and everything where they got all these recipes, a thousand plus things you can look up and just cook. This is something so unique that I had never thought of in the coffee world, which I hear a lot because I'm friends with Richard. And that's, so that's yeah. crazy. You blew my mind. Yeah, you, you have to try it and see. You know, look, I would you know, love to. A true barista try a delicious cup of coffee. Like, it's funny because you know, I, I go over there and I got the macchiatos from. Oh, you yeah. know, and everyone's like, you know, it's not. I'm like, look, I, I understand. It's not sugar caramel yeah, that not, you get. It's not uh, it's Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. You still want it from the guests, you know, just just like that. Nothing else is. <laughs> I guess two shots because I went in there the other day and I was tired. I was like, let me get it. You know, let me get a double. They're like, it's going to be four shots. I'm like, I mean, I have you tried shots. using yeah. traditional when you order like a traditional macchiato? That might give them the heads up that you know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, I think that now that I know, I mean, I see okay. getting yelling there. Like, the greatest guy. He wants the, the only thing. Yeah. The only thing I order in there. <laughs> Before we start wrapping up the conversation, we're not normally going to drink three beers, I don't think, in the show. We may drink five beers in the show. I don't know. But well, Mike brought two. I had one that I had planned on doing, so we're going to open a third one, I think, and then uh, 
I feel we'll, like we'll talk I'm a guy who always likes to drink something. I, at all times, I've got a coffee and a water, or yeah, a beer and a water. As well. In fact, I'm about to go get one of those. Do you want one? <clears throat> I'm sure. Sure. Yeah, there's some water back there. I feel like at this point in my life, too, I find myself brewing coffee late at night because it just doesn't do what it does. used to do to me. I mean, the caffeine is definitely... Thank you. Well, oh, thank you, sir. Oh. Yeah, but but I enjoy it. Like, it's just like a stout like or, you know, a, a little snifter of whiskey. Like, I just want to sit by myself or, you know, not necessarily by myself, but it's like that wind-down period at home like where, mm-hmm. for some reason, a cup of coffee can, <clears throat> does it for me. I can't believe you can drink coffee this late at night. Yeah, I do a lot of tea at night. I do my coffee in the day, in the you know morning or in the afternoon, but a lot of tea and things and stuff. Do you want to get the camera? Sorry, good point. When I used to, when we were working, and I'd go to the gym uh, after work. I'd always get myself a quick cup of coffee, and you know that just kind of pushed me through going to the gym after a fifteen-hour double. Right. Fifteen-hour double. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I, that's the thing. I mean, my, my days, yeah, they start at eight and they're usually over yeah, at eleven. So it's hard work. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's just the shift. I mean, that's just not like your second home. Ooh, yeah. For real. Yeah, no kidding. You really meant like when you lived there. You lived there. Oh yeah, like I, you know, the beauty of what being open here in Somerville is my kids could see me now. You know, more often so they come in for lunch and hang out. But that's pretty cool. Yeah, when you, when you go to work, I mean, you're there all day. So, have any of your kids showed interest in the restaurant world? Or I cooking? hope not. I really don't. I feel like that happens a lot. Yeah. You know. It's spring break right now, right? So yeah. you're home with your kids. I appreciate you taking your time. Trampoline out. time and uh, catching lizards and frogs and stuff like that. Yard work, right. which I love. I mean, I love doing yard work. I remember being like 10, going out summertime when it gets dark early. It's like 8 o'clock maybe. And just catching as many toads as you could possibly catch. Oh, caterpillars are out right now. Oh. I'm sure if you notice in your yard, I mean, they're everywhere. And, like, my yeah. kids have, like, a bucket of them. And they, they know, like, they have to be so gentle. And, they, you know, my, my oldest son, he's five. And I, I really think that, you know, he wants to be, like, he didn't think it's cool. He said, I want to be a marine biologist. And, like, a five-year-old, you want to be a marine biologist. But he loves animals. So, awesome. you know, more, more cool. power to him. He understands you have to be gentle with animals. And, you know, at night when, when one of my sons wants to watch stupid videos, he wants to watch, um, you know, animal shows and wow. stuff like that. So, yeah. I'll take that over some of these ridiculous cartoons these days. Which, right. So I don't even know anymore. I used to know <clears> all <throat> the cartoons. <laughs> I finally hit that age where I have no clue, yeah, no clue what cartoons are out there right now. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I don't have cable. Unfortunately, I do, but... You wouldn't yeah, find you have a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I miss, yeah. yeah, I miss the stuff that we grew up on, you know, yeah. Warner Brothers stuff. Right, Bugs Bunny. I made my kids watch Space Jam last night. Oh, they, yes. They really liked it. <laughs> it's a great movie. Don't get too excited about space. No, the Space Jam is incredible. No, that I haven't really seen it in a long time, but it was funny. Yeah. They always did scary rumors that they're going to make a second one with like LeBron James or somebody. No. Well, no is there any creativity in movies anymore? It's number two of this or number three of this or number ten of this. Yeah. It's like, all right, we get it. X Men. There's, there's a million. <laughs> but true. Yeah, I was about to actually say something about the superhero thing. Sorry, bro. You want to talk about your beer? We no, need that's fine, man. I just I don't know how long Mike has to, to hang out. But my whole house is asleep. I'm, yeah. I'm in a rush, but right. like I said, I, I can sit and bullshit forever. Yeah, I mean we're not in a rush either. But I'm also excited to drink this. All right, let's do it. So this is uh, this is one one of my beers. I brewed this beer. Um, it's called I called it the Zinconet Stout because it's it was brewed in the Zen Garden and uh, it's made with toasted coconut. It's an imperial stout, seven point two percent alcohol. The, uh, it's a partial mash. I didn't have full grain brew on it, but 
the original recipe called for uh, peanut butter powder. It was supposed to be a peanut butter uh, cocoa stout. Um, the kit that I got did not come with the peanut butter. I guess the, the peanut butter powder was optional. So I said, well, I'm not going to go out and try and find the peanut butter. I had some uh, unsweetened coconut in the cabinet. So I said, okay, I'm going to throw three cups of uh, coconut in a cast iron skillet um, and just toast it. And I toasted the coconut, uh, kind of similar to dry hopping. You know, once it went into the fermenter, I just dropped in the, the coconut um, flakes in there, let it ferment for uh, two, three, four weeks. I don't even remember what the fermentation period was. And then I dropped it into a secondary. So it's got some toasted coconut. It's got cocoa nibs. It's got 100% cacao powder, Imperial Stout 7.2. So we're going to open this up and see what you think. Oh, I already know what I think. Do you wait for tonight? Yeah. This one is only a 12 ounce, so a little different. Pour, not as much going around. That's all right, though, because it is delicious. And it really is like a, like a dessert treat at the end. So the fifth. I'll give that to you. Thanks, sir. I'll take this one. No, you take that one. Which one do you want? Oh, I, that's fine. I don't mind any. All the right. fact that I have one at all is exciting enough. Got all your pictures. You're good. Oh, here. Anyone cheers this? I have to get the cheers one. Cheers. Thank oh. you guys for having me. Have a good time. Thank you. Okay. Fancy shots are done. I'd be brutally honest. I don't care. That's pretty damn I don't, good. I don't do this for a living. You can, it's got like a boozy smell to it for sure. A little bit. I wish the, the alcohol would have come out a little bit higher, but. Yeah. Um, now, what could you do to make that happen? Like, uh, suppose you do this the second time around. Yeah, you could pitch another yeast in there and, and try and eat some more sugar to produce more alcohol. You could put a little more sugars in there, some more lactose, whatever. This doesn't have lactose in it, by the way. But um, I thought oh. it came out a tad bit sweet, but I think it's definitely got coconut flavor. For sure, which is what I wanted. I love it, honestly. It's, yeah, I think it's delicious. I've had. Mike doesn't seem too sure. No, I'm going in a good direction. I've probably had <laughs> 20 or 30 coconut beers in my life, stout wise. Right. And it's, it's great. It really is. Um, so many people can. It, it don't. It's not balanced usually. That's like I said. It's right amount of coconut. I, I think it's a great amount of booze. I mean. You could do, you know, that would be cool to throw in a barrel, you know, and try to get that, that bourbony. I'd, I'd love to do that next time. I think it's a good recipe. I don't want to cut you off, but I think it's a good recipe to do a, a booze with it. You know, even if it's just throwing some chips in the fermenter, yeah. maybe not even putting it in the barrel, but just kind of doing it with the, the yeah. spiralizer or whatever. A touch of vanilla. I mean, it's... I mean, I've got some whiskey. Do you want to put a little shot of whiskey in it? <laughs> I, no, I really do. I mean, for homebrew, I mean, for any brew, I mean, I think it, it is really good. All right. I appreciate it. I agree. Now, have you ever thought about brewing your own? I've thought about it. I want to do it. and uh, You mean like just personally or for the restaurant? No, for just for, I guess, yourself. We, we talk about we it. We creative time. enough. It's funny because like, I would love to brew, and I have a couple brewer friends that would always be like, oh, I'd love to come down with you. And I almost bought a system from someone that was leaving, oh, and it was, like, it was like a three-barrel system. And they were like trying to give away, and I, you know, and at the last second, the guy decided that he's like, you know what, I would keep it. Ah, uh, you know, I don't have the room right now. Um, you know, I hate to 
I don't know. I, I, yes, yes, I would love to. I'd love to brew some beer. And one day, I think maybe when the kids get older. I mean, now's the time, right? I mean, based in the in transition well, between the restaurant and reopening and stuff like that. You got yeah, but I need I need a mentor. I do. I mean, like I said, my, my buddy um, John, he um, used to be the head chef at, or head sorry head brewer at um, a uh, Hilton Head. Um, mm-hmm. Has moved on. He's about to open his own thing, and again, I think he's made some of the best. So he was the original brewer down there before yeah. the flood and all that. The J Street, all those beers. Not the flood, the hurricane, I guess. It was yeah. Right. yeah. Um, but he's going out on his own, um, and he makes some of the best IPs I've ever had in my life. And he's always like, oh, you know, I'll help you whatever. So I got that out there. just need to, you know, maybe come together one day. But I think it would be fun to do. You know, it, it is. You can come up with some cool stuff as a chef and think about, well, that'll probably go pretty good in beer. Yeah. You know, everyone just, you know, everyone knows what flavors are good. You know, yeah. The beer world is so crazy now. Everyone's doing these slushy beers or these milkshake beers and Putting lactose in beers that you feel like shouldn't have lactose, but you know they work. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy brewers out there. You know, Fonta yeah. Flora, Wicked Weed. I mean, there's a bunch of people that just put all kind of weird adjuncts in there and oh, vegetables. And they're, yeah, they're, and just, you know, they do these open, open yeast. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're open fermentation and inoculate these things by just from the air. You know, a lot of these places are they're harvesting their own, you know, random ingredients that you just don't even know what they are. You know, which is cool. I mean, it's cool that some of them, you know, I feel like Dogfish Head was the first one that ever started doing some stuff like that, the ancient greens and yeah. using stuff like that. And you're like, eh, it's a little weird. But now everyone's doing it. Yeah. I mean, but that's cool. I mean, the people are, are are growing farms just to use stuff for their own for beer. Yeah, that's, so. that's really neat. It's cool. Very cool. But, yeah, very good. Very good. Well, good. Great job. I'm here. happy to hear that. I was kind of kind of scared to open it up for a connoisseur like yourself. Shit. <laughs> that, uh, that's the one thing that sucks. I'll tell you. I, mean, I bought. I've not bought it. I've traded for a lot of beer. Well, yeah, I've just bought a lot of expensive beer in my in my life, and a lot of it I'm still sitting on. But uh, the worst thing is to have a beer that you knew, like you could sell for like two hundred bucks, and you open it up, and you're like, God, all that for that? Yeah, that sucked. Oh man. You know, so there's some great local beers, some great stuff in the stores you can buy. I saw you guys you drank that uh, barrel aged ten fifty. That's one of my favorite beers. Yeah. And it's like nine or ten bucks a can for sixteen ounce at what, twelve or thirteen percent? Yeah. yeah. No, that was a twenty two ounce for like twelve ninety nine. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the stovepipes. Yeah. yeah, you can't can't beat that. Oh it's you fantastic. Know? And it used to be one beer. of those beers that you just couldn't get. And now you go and pick out them in the grocery store. I'm like Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I'm all for that. You yeah. ever noticed? And that's what we discussed. We couldn't find it. I mean, it was hard to find just the regular 1050, much less the barrel aged. Yeah. Now, it's readily available. Yeah. Yeah, have you noticed in the can there's a mesh circle? Yeah, we talked about that. We still have the can. I don't think we saw it in the can. We don't? I probably threw it away. You should get a picture, a picture of that trash can you got there. <laughs> Anyways, on the actual 1050, now I can throw this up on the YouTube video at least. Around the bottom, there's a circle. It's about yay big, and it's like mesh. And I had a customer the other day tell me a backstory for that. And apparently, when they started making the beer or whatever, in the very, very beginning, it was an easy thing to do to turn the beer can into a smoking piece. And so they would cut a hole out and put a mesh in there so that you could put the weed on top, and then you just use the can and smoke. Well, Oscar Blues, they have a lot of, you know, they put some stuff all over their can. I mean, it's very, it's Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they actually have, like, the design that there's, like, a circle ready for you to put, like, a mesh and throw it in, which I thought was hysterical. And it's still on the 1050 can, yeah. too. Nothing like smoking out of a can. 
I'll write like it nowadays and nowhere happen. I actually I mean, it wasn't even that long harder ago. to do it that way. I was okay. sitting in traffic one day and actually turned to the side and actually saw someone smoking out of the can. It was like, <laughs> really? like at seven thirty in the morning, like they're probably going to work somewhere and they're like you're, you're obviously a fiend. You need to smoke your weed, but you're sitting there like you don't even have a pipe. Like you're gonna smoke out of a can in a car in traffic. Yeah. Like the guy was dedicated to getting hot. So good for him. Yeah, good. Oh man. my gosh, I didn't notice that, but I'll definitely take a look at that. Yeah, I don't know if that's we, we meant to talk about it the other night, but we, we, we never did, got around yeah. to it for some reason. But yeah, man, this is what what happens when you have a conversation. Yeah. You, you don't hit your bullet points, <laughs> right? <laughs> so what's the plans for for Mike at this point? I mean, I know you're waiting for for a real yeah. Or whatever. That's that's the plan. Um, we're we're gonna we're in the process of buying the property that we're on right now. Um, oh, really? You're gonna you buy know, it? So I think that's you know the future of a lot of restaurateurs is, is owning the owning the dirt. Yeah. Um, you know, being the landlord and you know staying there and doing what you need <clears> to do. And then if you just don't want to do it anymore, you make your money that way. I mean, I don't want to cook forever. I want to cook forever. I just don't want to cook on a line for a million people forever. Right. Fifteen, sixteen hours. A day. I know. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we always say, you know, my partners, we have so many ideas and it's just sometimes they make sense, sometimes they don't, you know, so you never know. I, I'd love to open something a little bit more fast paced as far as like a burger joint, like a really cool burger joint, you know, really cool yeah. beer and burgers um, out here in Somerville or, or, you know, somewhere surrounding, you know, I, Somerville's blowing up. So, I mean, I think that's, it's there for us if we wanted to do something. So, I don't know. I mean, hang out with the kids and, and drink some good beer and, Keep cooking. That is a solid plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't really go wrong with that one. Yeah, it's keeping me grounded. These kids are kids are nuts. So, but how this, many kids do you have? I got three. I have three boys: five, four, and two. Wow. So, oh uh, my goodness, it's yeah. never a dull moment. Yeah, I can imagine. A lot of nudity. A lot of going around the house, uh, taking markers off the wall. Recently. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't give in for anything. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, I started a little bit later in life, and my wife's a lot younger than me, so it's good for her. But it's like, jeez, <laughs> these, these kids are killing me. I got a couple dogs at home too, so those poor dogs. I mean, how many times they try to get ridden around the house? They don't seem to mind it. But yeah, they just like the attention. And is the wife involved with the restaurant at all, or she doesn't have any? Um, yeah, I mean she's she's known to pull pull the wife Amanda, um, her name, right? My my beautiful wife Amanda. Um, I actually met her in in, in the restaurant um, at the, one of the restaurants I worked at a long time ago. Um, she worked for me, and uh, see how that turned out. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Eight years. in her office relationship. Seven, yeah. or eight, seven or eight years this year. I don't I don't remember. It's been seems like forever. Yeah, she'll tell you. <laughs> but. That's yeah, awesome. we, the whole family is involved. You know, the kids love to come in. They want, they want to come do something. They want to, you know, get them peeling potatoes or something like that. And keep everyone involved. It's fun. It's a big family. All the servers and, and all the, the kitchen guys love love seeing the kids when they come in. We, we kind of all joke around together. So it's good times. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready good. to get open again. But it, it, it's it's going to be a little while. But we'll be back. I mean, that's understandable, especially if. I mean, if you buy the land, you're going to want to probably not build the same exact building. Anymore. No, you're no, going to want and to that's the beauty the of it, you know, that we're going to change it up because when we do bring back those local, you know, loyal customers, they're going to see it's a little different. You yeah, know, like we change it up, change the color, change the format. Why well, don't think was, we even discuss that? So the damage, I mean, how expensive is the damage? I think you and I have talked point. about this offline before, but um, it's not going back to the ground, to the concrete. Not, not right? to the ground, but to the bricks. So every wall up in that 
building that's not made of uh, cinder or brick is going to be removed. Um, the smoke damage was that bad that everything in there um, has to be ripped out. Um, the ductwork, the ACs, um, a core of the roof was destroyed, so we're going to have a whole new roof, all new ductwork, all new ACs. Um, the insurance company called it a total loss. So in their mind, uh, everything in the building had to be tossed, destroyed, done whatever with. But you were able to salvage some stuff. Right? Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I mean, it, it's probably better off that we just kind of get rid of it um, and just start fresh. You know, why not at this point? Yeah, I mean, if they're giving you the Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, it's going to be covered in, uh, you know, so we'll see. I mean, I've never worked in a brand new kitchen, per se, you know. So I've always Ooh. been, you know, the one that runs to an auction and, Trying to find a piece here and a piece there. So right. at this point, who knows? I might have, you know, all brand new stuff and it'll be fun. But, you know, I'm meeting with someone next week about, or, you know, a different layout for the kitchen and, and change it up and make it more efficient. And oh, hopefully crazy. we'll have the, the love that we had when we were here before. So. Oh, that's so nice. exciting. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be even more so. But was there any collateral damage? I mean, anybody else get affected besides just your building? Oh, no, no. Um, I know there's like a car wash there and something else on the other side. No, no one else. Um, you know, it, it was crazy. I mean, it, it literally started in the back in the office above the ceiling. Um, it wasn't, you know, a lot of people think when they hear about a restaurant fire that it's kitchen, you know, something was left on or, or something burnt. Yeah. Like, and it, it actually didn't even set the hoods off. It burnt above the hood, so it never set the uh, ANSA system off. Oh. Um, it, it actually stopped in the kitchen. It started in the back of the house, but the smoke damage and the water damage were so bad that you know, nothing could be solid. I mean, sheetrock everywhere. So yeah, you can't get that smell out. Um, it's crazy. I mean, I've been over there for almost two months now, in and out of that building. You know, every couple of days, and that smell is just like you can't get it out of here. You know, cool. So we'll see. We'll get it all cleaned up, and you know, try to change it up and do something, do something fun, do a cool grand reopening, and maybe we, if we're still doing this, we can have a little. A live live interview day that we open or something. hundred percent. Get oh, some yeah. music, sit on the patio. Yeah, we're, we're looking food. forward to, to branching out and doing some remote type stuff for sure. Let's, so yeah. I'm, on, I'm on board with that. Cool. hundred percent. Awesome. Speaking of that, have you guys heard of the Charleston Beer Garden movement? It's in May. Thank Joe Riley. I don't know yeah. exactly where it is. I haven't heard of it. They have food trucks. Or food care. Hold on, I think I may have it already up. What's it called? Charleston? It's right here. Oh, Charleston it. Beer Garden. May 19, 2008. Charleston Beer Garden. Somebody I know, but it's not. It doesn't say where the heck they are. It's got to have a location. It should have a location. I mean, how else are you going to get there? I think fun. But yeah, somebody mentioned that to us and, and uh, mentioned, you know, it'd be a good thing if we could get involved with that and do a broadcast there. But Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, too. And I have never even heard of this before. I didn't know if it was first Uber, year or if it happened access. before. Um, but they have, like, you know what? They're doing something down there by, uh, it might be Brubank Park. Could be. There's a couple different venues now. I mean, there's so many different music uh, and beer and you know, so many different things. Uh, yeah, but we may we may post this and give them a little shout out. I mean, it's it's beer, so that's what we're talking about. Yeah, well, they have a lot breweries. of breweries. Yeah, Demon is going to be there. Nice. Holy City it looks interesting. We'll post we'll post that in the show notes as well. Two votes. Yeah, but I had never heard of this before. And it, like, how is that even possible? It may be new, but you know, there's so many events. It's like it used to be like. 
one or two things here and there. It's like the mac and cheese off, and you know, there's shrimp and grit thing. There's, you know, before you know it, it, there really can be an event for anything, and it's just a reason for people to get together and usually drink. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing, but right. So. Go for it, guy. Yeah. Figured. All right. Well, I guess that means we should probably wrap this up. I mean, if you want to. All right. Here, let me go back and see where we're at right now. Hour 26. It's not bad. That's fantastic. It's a good sweet spot. Pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. I think the battery died. We'll have to figure out a way to make that last longer. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Well, sure. cool. What do you want to, uh, anything you want to promote before you get out of here? Oh, wait. I had a question. Okay. Great. I want to ask everyone that we have on here. How did you start getting into craft beer? Like, what did, usually you kind of have styles of beer that you started with, or IPAs, or you went dark, brown, stouts, and then you got into it. I went from chugging 40s of Schlitz in college <laughs> oh to realizing that that probably wasn't the best approach to beer. Um, like, my first craft beer, like I said, was like Heineken in Newcastle. You know, that's, you know, I... Four years old, you know, my, my first beers. That's probably late, about where I started, where, where like I ventured out the off late, of Coors Light. Late 90s, you know, when, when beer was no, nothing like it is now. I mean, like I said, the Sierra Nevadas. And I think people that, that do appreciate it for more than just to get drunk, you know, will get those flavors and be like, wow, I really like this for more than that. You know, I'm not saying I don't drink a good beer to get drunk every now and then, but, uh, you know, I... I Love beer. I mean, I've, I've always drank beer for some reason. I was never, uh, I never was a smoker, you know, I never got into, into, you know, that stuff. So beer was my thing. And, and it went from too much of crappy stuff to, you know, too much of the good stuff now, I guess. But yeah, I mean, college was really, I mean, I, I didn't drink a lot in high school. I mean, you know, we got together and you drank like the 30 packs of whatever the hell you can get your oh, hands on. Yeah. Like, it's like $9 for some Schaefer. Yeah. I didn't drink until I was 21. Or some, sure. some, some no, small liquor or something. I didn't even drink on my 21st birthday. I was very religious growing up. I probably started when I was like 16, 17, just having to, you know, in high school. I mean, you were sneaking beers from your right. your family, your friends, and stuff like that. You'd always have that one little deli or little, like, you know, bodega kind of shop that they didn't care. <laughs> You know, you got money. You look, you're 21. Yeah, right. Sure yeah. you are. Or you sit outside a gas station and yeah, just hand hey, people money behind the Hey, can you buy me a six We used to go to the Jersey Shore and do that. Like, hey, man. You know, <laughs> certain places, it's a lot harder to get beer than like, 10 bucks if you go in there and get me a 12 pack. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it got to a point where it was really not bad, but it was, you know, I got a little involved as far as like, the trading and everything now. But now I just really like to sit and enjoy a good beer with some friends and. Do you have a preference? Like, is there one thing that you tend to lean more towards? I, I'm not a big Belgian fan. Um, I, I like my IPAs and I love stouts. I mean, you know, barley wines are good, but you know, it's not like my go-to. Um, you know, a good, good juicy hazy IPA. I mean, that's the thing right now. But like, I, I like West Coast IPAs. I mean, I like all sorts of IPAs. But like stouts, I mean, that that's like I said, that's just like my wine down here. It's like, it, it's hard. Like, oh, you'll catch me drinking, a, you know, like a drink of Guinness in the middle of the afternoon. People are like, how do you drink that? Like, what do you mean? It's only 90-something calories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks right. super thick and dark and heavy and filling, but it's really not. Yeah, it's yeah. really light, it's right, I find. Yeah. Especially when you compare it to something like A lot this. of these barrel-aged beers that I have in, like, my cabin, it's like, I don't even want to know what's in the name of the cork intake on those are. But, you know, but those are just sipping beers. You know, it's not like... You know, you're you know out on the you know on the boat or doing whatever at the beach and you're just like you know shooting beers but right. it's expensive it's an expensive hobby now 
You know, oh my gosh, yes. $20 four packs where it used to be, you know, you get for $20, you can get two cases. You get old cases, yeah. Right. Or you get two cases for sure. You know, I've, I've still <laughs> had my share of PBR. I mean, I like, you know, occasionally I like to get there and play some beer pong, you know. So it's fun. Oh, yeah. The games are always good. Yeah. I know we're going off on tangents. We're trying to close this thing up. But speaking of West Coast beers, I mean, you heard the news about Green Flash, right? Yeah. In Alpine. No, yeah, what? Four, four clothes and they're. What? Yeah, they're. They're gone. But even the ones in California, I thought it was just the ones that they expanded to out here. Well, I think I heard it was the uh, the Virginia location mm-hmm. and the Cellar 3 location, which was their barrel aging and uh, souring location. The Cellar oh, 3 man. was for Green Flash. Mm-hmm. But I guess Alpine is with the same company. They so were both Alpine bought. They were both well. bought by a beer company. Because, again, like that, uh, Alpine used to be one of those beers that everyone wanted. Like you wanted to get some oh, beer from them. And then they, they were bought by a bigger company, and then they just weren't. They weren't as good, you know, or maybe it was just like it was easier to get them so that demand kind of fell off. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that, that tends to happen when you, you know, mass produce stuff that was so hands on from somebody. Now it's just like the only thing you can do. Yeah. So, and the stuff I've been seeing is just they just got too big too quickly and, and couldn't afford themselves. Yes. You know, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Especially in a market that's just exploding. There's just so many options now. You're not, oh, yeah. you're not oh, the option anymore. It's, it's hard. I can't imagine opening a brewery in this day and age now. Yeah. But more power to you. Right. Everyone likes to drink. Amen. And on that note. And on that note. Anything else? Well, you want to promote anything? I mean, we've already talked about the Xavier Festival. You're coming up this weekend. Yeah, Flower Town is truck. this weekend. We'll be out there. And then uh, April 15th is the Grazing for Graze events. Uh, First Citizens, we said, bank. Yep. Um, yep. The food truck rodeo. Um, bring some canned goods. Come out and see us. And we'll be out there. Awesome. Just laying some tacos. Nice. Cheers. Well, yeah, cheers, man. I think that about wraps it up. We appreciate you being on. Appreciate your time, hanging out, being away from the kids, the wife, all that stuff. Our first guest. Yeah, it's very exciting. It was. Great. That about wraps it up. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you soon.